Think about a time you've come across someone who possesses something special. Imagine taking ordinary topics and viewing them through their lens. Welcome to Success Shorts, insights that challenge us to be extraordinary. Let's go. everyone. I'm Arul Chanel, and today I'm joined by Maria Konnikova. Maria is kind of a jack of all trades. She's a professional poker player, she's a journalist, and she's also the author of two New York Times bestsellers, Confidence Game and Mastermind, How to Think Like Sherlock Holmes, which by the way is one of my favorite books. And her latest book, The Biggest Bluff, just came out and it's receiving some really rave reviews. So make sure you check that out. Maria, thank you for taking the time to join us. Thanks so much for having me. So you definitely have a fascinating success short to share with us, and I really can't wait to get into it. But as always, I wanted to take a quick moment to just get to know you and have a little bit of fun doing so. So are you ready for two truths and a lie? Yep, I sure am. All right, let's hear what you have. Um, since you've already given a lot of my professional background away, I will still keep to the career sphere and give you three things that I did before I embarked on my uh, full-time career as a writer and journalist. So here are three jobs that I had when I graduated from college. I was a waitress. I was a bartender. I was an advertising copywriter. So a waitress, bartender, and a copywriter. Uh, two of them are in the similar field, so that makes me almost want to lead towards them but you are a poker player and you might be trying to trick me. And copywriter does fit with being an author, but goodness, I'm going to say that copywriter is the lie. Copywriter is a truth. I worked for Young and Rubicam and Saatchi and Saatchi. Yeah, so I can see why you're a poker champ now. Well played. But obviously that's not why you're here today. What are you here to talk with us about? I'm really here to talk about being both a writer and a professional poker player and how that transition happened for my latest book, The Biggest Bluff, how I went from not knowing how many cards are in a deck to being an international poker champion and having my life go in a completely unanticipated direction. This is going to be fascinating to hear about luck and chance. So long story short, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how all this happened? So I have never been a poker player um, and was never interested in games, was never interested in cards, hence not knowing how many cards were in a deck, but went through a period in my life after my second book, The Confidence Game, came out. Um, it did well. You know, that part of my life was going well, but then personally, things started not going well. I had a major health issue um, that was kind of this autoimmune thing that was never diagnosed. My grandmother died. My husband lost his job. My mother lost her job. Just all of this stuff happened within one month. And I started wondering what was going on, what role chance plays in our life. And I thought, you know what? This is what I want my next book to be about. This is what I want to write about. But that's not really a topic for a book. That's just this grand theme. So I needed a way into the subject of chance and control and how we can learn to tell the difference between what we can and can't control. That brought me to game theory and John von Neumann, which brought me to poker because John von Neumann, who is the man who created game theory, was an avid poker player. And as I learned from reading his work, 
game theory was actually born out of poker. So I said, oh, this is fascinating. Let me learn about poker. I started reading about poker and I said, this is the book. I want to learn how to play. I want to get one of the best players in the world to coach me, if he will. Um, and I want to take a year and immerse myself in the game and use that as a narrative launch for describing the role of chance. Now, of course, I had no idea in what direction this project was going to go in the end. So talk about chance. That's definitely a lot of volatility to deal with. But to look to chance and game theory, that's a really unique way of interpreting events. What are some of the things that you learned while going through this process? And how has that led to this evolution in how you're pursuing things now? I think one of the major things that poker teaches you is how to make the best decisions you can in the face of incomplete information. Because in poker, you never know everything. You know your cards, but you don't know the cards of your opponent. And then you realize that they don't know your cards either. All they know is what you're projecting and how you're playing and the signals that you are giving out. So everyone is making decisions based on reads, based on judgments, based on probabilities, based on all of these different factors, but not based on full information because such a thing doesn't exist. And that's true in life as well when we make decisions, but poker really distills it and really makes you realize that you have to act and you have to act well, and you're never going to know everything and that's okay. And then the second part of that is that you can make the best decision that you possibly can. That's what you can control. You can control the quality of your decision process. But what you can't control is what the cards in the deck are, which cards are going to come out. So you can make the best decision, the right decision, and you can lose. Or you can make the wrong decision and you can win. And you have to learn to separate the decision quality from the outcome of the decision. It's a difficult thing to do, but that's how you become a good poker player. And then when you translate that outside of poker, it's incredibly liberating and it's actually an incredibly powerful way to make decisions because it forces you to just focus on yourself, on what you can control, and then chance is going to happen. There's going to be variance and, you know, come what may, as long as you've controlled what you can, you're in a good position and over the long term, you'll be successful. And I think that's a really powerful way to think through things, especially right now when so many things that nobody could have predicted are happening all at once. That's really powerful. And it almost sounds like there's an element of stoicism to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually quote the Stoics quite a bit. Um, I talk through some of the philosophical elements. There's a lot of Epictetus in there and kind of learning to pay attention to yourself. And I think that having a Stoic mindset is really important in a lot of the elements of poker, of good decision-making, of dealing with uncertainty. It's not just controlling what you can, but it's also kind of this openness to chance because the Stoics weren't just a people who were very good at self-control, even though that's very important. But they were also very open-minded. They understood how much of the world was just completely outside of their grasp and outside of their knowledge. And if you think about back then, you know, how much we didn't know when all of these things were being written, it's really impressive that they were able to have this just very Zen-like almost philosophy, because I do think there are lots of parallels between Zen and Stoicism, because 
the attitude is very similar. I can't control it all. So I'm not going to worry about that. I'm just going to let the world happen. And I will focus on my emotions. I will focus on my thoughts. I will focus on the things that I actually can master. I'm glad we just went down that rabbit hole because when it comes to just being more mindful, it's surrendering to the things that you can't control. Like why go through the motions and use up all that energy there where you can redirect it on the things that you can control, you know, be a good active listener, try to be present. Now you said something that I want to focus on for a minute and that's decision quality. I think that might be something that we can leave listeners with for today. Can you go into it a little bit more about how we can apply some of what you've learned to improving our decision quality starting now? Absolutely. I think first figure out what it is that you know and what that means about everything else. So what I mean by that is when you start a hand of poker, there are certain pieces of information that you have right away, right? You have your cards, so you know that. And then you can also start gathering information on everyone else. How did they act? Did they fold? Did they call? Did they raise? And how quickly did they act? How did they look while doing it? How do you fit that into the patterns of their past behavior? You know, is this something that they've done often or is this something that they haven't done often? And you have to keep reiterating and integrating the new information so that you can in turn figure out, okay, what am I going to do next? The other part of it, it's not just iterative, but you have to think several steps ahead. I think that's a crucial skill from poker that you can apply to almost any element of decision making. If I raise here, what am I going to do if someone calls? What am I going to do if someone re-raises me? What am I going to do if multiple people call? What am I going to do in all of these scenarios? I need to have a plan for every single step up ahead, even though I don't know what those steps are yet, I need to go through that game tree in my mind before I even take one single action, because otherwise I'm going to be surprised and I'm going to think, oh man, why did I do that? You know, he re-raised me. This is terrible. I should have just checked. Well, you should have thought about that in advance and then you would have checked or whatever it is that you would have done. And I think that that's such an important tool when you're making a decision. Too many times we just say, okay, I want to do this or I want to do that. And we don't take a moment to just pause and reflect on all of the possible consequences, all of the possible responses. We don't make decisions in a vacuum. When we decide, the world reacts to it. And we need to be ready in our minds for all of those different reactions. And we need to know how we will react in turn. That's the way to make the best decision you possibly can. I really love that. And while I was listening, I kept being drawn back to Mastermind in a way. I know I'm talking about one of your old books. Um, as I said, it's one of my favorites. But as a people, we just tend to think on a very base level, that surface level, and we observe and we're reactive. Whereas the way to think like Sherlock Holmes, as you write in the book, is to think multiple steps ahead. You know, read the situation for what it is and be present with the moment and then mindfully approach it, thinking out one, two, three, four steps ahead about what that decision or what that thing is that you're thinking about and where it could lead. I feel we don't do that enough in life. And if we did, it could really be so much richer and so much more productive. Yes, I, I 
obviously couldn't agree more. Um, it's certainly a theme that I've realized as I look back on my writing that's permeated what I've done from the beginning. Um, mindfulness is really the governing theme of Mastermind. And Mastermind was written before mindfulness was of a catchphrase. No one knew what it was. And that has always preoccupied me. And if I think about one of the main themes of The Biggest Bluff and one of the things that made me good at poker, it's that ability to be mindful, be present, pay attention, and actually think through things in a way that we don't normally do. I think that that's just such a powerful way of looking at the world and of learning to both act and react and just experience everything in the best way possible so that we can have both the most fulfilling and the most effective life. Well, Maria, this was wonderful. I really appreciate your time with this. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And that's all we have for this episode of Success Shorts. Hopefully you found today's topic useful. And remember, have fun, stay curious, and keep it short. Mm -hmm.